0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and from the Holy Spirit, amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for today, for bringing us here, for the chance to worship you, whether here in this room or online, wherever, whenever, however that may be. Lord, thank you for that. I thank you for the chance to share your message, Lord. Let it be your message, I trust in you, I submit myself to you, and I pray that all who hear this will be willing to do the same as we submit ourselves to your Holy Spirit to speak to each and every one of us. In your name we pray, amen. It is Sunday morning, and the alarm goes off way too early, and the pastor dutifully shuffles into the kitchen, And brews a pot of coffee. And then sits down at the kitchen table, looks over the sermon notes, and finds himself muttering to himself, Does anyone even care? Will anyone even show up? He is so tired. Some other house across town, an elder finishes his last sip of coffee and then goes in and and finds his suit hung up perfectly, like it has been for the past 25 years. Same suit. Same process, and there in the pocket of the suit jacket is another funeral bulletin, another friend. They seem like they're going so fast anymore. In another house, there's a, a woman who, who's beginning the process of getting ready. It takes longer now. She looks sadly at her closet and sees all the dresses she can't wear anymore because there's not anybody to do up the clasp or to zip up the zipper. She's almost gotten used to it. And that makes it even harder. In another house, the the peace is finally broken as the kids are awake. Oh, they're always awake. Why don't they ever sleep in? How are they this crazy this early? And it's time for breakfast. And no, it won't be pancakes and bacon or whatever Pinterest picture looks great. No, this time it's Boo and Count Chocula. Chaos reigns. Another woman stares helplessly in the mirror looking at her mess of curly black hair and and secretly yearning for the trend of messy buns and how easy it is for some people. And she wishes that just once white people would understand why her hair is a little messy. At another house and another table, a woman finishes her devotion and quietly closes the book and is vaguely aware of her husband in another room Yelling at the TV, something about politics. And she sighs and says, Honey, I'm going. And he says, All right, have fun. And then sarcastically adds, Tell God I said hi. She wishes she could. And dad in another house tries again and again to wake up his teenage son. Come on, we have to leave in 15 minutes. No, you can't skip. You're scheduled to be an acolyte. They're expecting you. We have to get going. Another teenager quietly locks the door to his home to get into his car and drive to church on his own, taking his own journey to faith alone. As sunlight relentlessly pours in, a hand springs out, fighting along on the end table, looking for that glass of water, looking for that Advil. I am never drinking again. It's Sunday. I, I, I can't go to church like this. Another woman takes her spot at the door, prim and proper as ever, smiling and ready to welcome anybody and everybody. It's the highlight of her entire week, saying hi to all those people and the hugs. Oh, the hugs. It's the only time she gets physical contact from another person. She checks herself in the mirror and then gives him a once-over. They barely recognize each other. I can't even remember the last time she saw him in a dress shirt, especially one with long sleeves, but, but he has to cover up those tattoos. They have to at least try to fit in. <sighs> Somebody's in my parking spot. This is my spot. I've always parked there. Don't they know this is my spot? He climbs out of the car, and oh, he can already hear that infernal music from the sanctuary, excuse me, the worship center. (laughs) He yearns for days gone by. The couple sits in the car, nervous and anxious, are we really going to do this? Are uh, going to try? And at least this one has guest parking. Remember that one three weeks ago? Oh, what a nightmare that was. Can we just skip? And, I, okay, I know it's important to your parents that we find one. It's, I hope this one's better than last week. Smile. He asked a shout to be heard over the noise from the kitchen as she finishes up cooking breakfast. And he says, hey, what, what's our Facebook password again? No, I know my laptop's already logged and I want to put it on the big screen. Hurry up, service is starting. The pastor pauses, takes a breath, closes his eyes and says a prayer. It's Sunday and this, this is church. Perspective is one of the most important things that we can have as people in this world, as, as Christians. Perspective realizing that every single person around us in our life has a story, that they're in the middle of telling, that they're in the middle of living, they're in the middle of writing that story still. Look around. Everybody in here is in the middle of some sort of journey. Everybody had something going on this morning. And I, I don't know... What brought you here today? I don't know what caused you to to get in your car and drive over here and and park in the parking lot and walk along through the parking lot and find your pew or online. I don't know what caused you to click the link or or to hesitate even slightly to hear just a little bit of this message as you scroll through Facebook. But, But I'm glad you're here. Something brought you here today. Whatever your story, whatever your journey. As we look at our gospel reading for today from Luke, we see two people who had very different journeys and they find themselves in the same place at the same time. See, from our modern perspective, we we look and perhaps we lose some of the power of that story because we hear Pharisee and our minds instantly go to, oh, those are like the bad guys in the Bible. Those are the ones that Jesus uses as a negative role model. But the reality is, those hearing this parable for the first time, a Pharisee was a religious leader. They were somebody who was well-to-do. They were somebody who was seeking to follow God's way. They were kind of the the religious conservative group. They were the ones fighting against the the Romans and, and all the immoral, irreligious things that they were bringing into society. They were the ones that were trying to follow God's way. Unfortunately, they also had fallen into the trap of following man's tradition and perhaps even following it more than God's way. That's why we see when Jesus comes onto the scene, what did Jesus do? He certainly followed God's way. He followed God's law perfectly, and yet he still found himself in opposition to the Pharisees. Why? Because he lived in rebellion to man's traditions, and that's what the Pharisees had begun to focus on. They had begun to follow what they thought was the right way, not what God was teaching them, not what Scripture had taught them, but but what their heart was saying, what they thought was the right way. They started to believe their own hype. Meanwhile, the tax collector, I think we have a general idea of kind of what we're talking about with the tax collector. Like, I can't imagine most of you are, like, hanging out with your tax guy or your IRS agent, right? Um, But there's even an extra layer here, and I will say this. One of my favorite moments on social media... Is uh is the when I lived in Tampa Bay, the Pinellas County Tax Collector's Office followed me on Twitter and I was like, this is perfect. Tax collectors and pastors hanging out together. This is great. Just like the Bible. But the issue wasn't that they were tax collectors. The issue wasn't that it was the understanding that they they were liars and cheats, that they skimmed so much off the top that they were, they were cheating the very people that they work with. It, it It's not so much an IRS agent or your tax person. More, it's more like um, like a crooked bookie, right? So imagine uh, we have a public worship, because it's believed that this was happening in the temple at a time of public worship, that, that this like, televangelist, this holier-than-thou person that, that everybody respected and said, like, he's somebody who seeks to follow God. He's sitting there alongside a crooked bookie. And they pray. I think it's fascinating, by the way. Our translation says that the the Pharisee was kind of off by himself praying. But if you actually look at other translations, there's some fighting, some opposition. Some believe that rather than saying he was praying by himself, it should actually say praying to himself. There's enough people who believe that, that there's some merit to that, which is fascinating, right? That he's praying to himself. Either way, it's all about him. In fact, in that short prayer that he says, he says "I" four times. It's all about his own life, right? By contrast, you have uh, the tax collector who won't even enter into the assembly. He he keeps himself far away. He doesn't view himself as being worthy of part of this group of people, and he prays, "Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner." See, what mattered wasn't the lives that they had lived. What mattered wasn't the story that they brought in to that room. What mattered wasn't their journey. What mattered is what was in their heart. It wasn't the life that they lived. It was the heart that they had. And for the Pharisee, he was all about himself. He was all about his own perceived righteousness, Right, if you were to take that prayer and give it kind of a positive spin, you would say, God, thank you for giving me the strength to resist the temptation that so many have, others have fallen into. Thank you for letting me be a positive role model for, for the faithfulness that you've instilled in me. And you could say, okay, the, that's val-. Like now all of a sudden you're going, that makes a little more sense when you put it in different language. But the reality is, it was all about him and his life. About if you look on this, this spectrum of perceived righteousness, boy, he thought that he had it all together. Meanwhile, the tax collector is so humble that he won't even look up to the heavens. He won't look to the ceiling. He has his face down on the ground because he is humbly going to God and saying, God, I deserve nothing. Regardless of what your journey has been to this point, what your story is until today, Let me say this, because of today, because of God and God alone, your story now includes forgiveness. Your journey now includes the gospel, the reality that we have a God who knows us, who knows our story, who knows about our past, who knows about the sins that we have, whether you're, you're a Pharisee and the sins are so tucked away that even you won't acknowledge them, or you're a tax collector and you feel like your sins are so obvious that everybody around you is just staring at you and they can see every last iniquity in your life. Regardless of where you are on that, your sin is forgiven through Christ and Christ alone. You came here today for a reason. Maybe it's a family tradition. Your, your grandparents taught your f- parents and your parents taught you and it's just at Sunday, you go to church, that's what you do. Or maybe it was purely on a whim. For whatever reason, you're here, you're watching and you're hearing these words, Christ is for you. He came to this earth and lived a life of Perfection following God's law perfectly and yet in spite of that he lived in opposition to the religious leaders he lived in opposition to those who were following the traditions of man he showed compassion and love to the people that the world said no 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 not them they're unlovable they're too far gone they're the tax collectors and the sinners they're the prostitutes they're they're the lepers they're the ones that are too far gone and Jesus said oh not for me God brought you here today to hear that message so that in your life, you've heard the gospel. In your life, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are loved. I know what brought you here today. Again, maybe it's that tradition. Maybe it's just a whim, but ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit. It's that mysterious third member of the Trinity that works in us, that pneuma, that spirit that dwells in all of us inspired you to this moment. Everything in your life perhaps has led up to right now so that you can hear God loves you. The God who spoke and everything happened, the God who reigns over it all, the God who who others have used against you, have used to judge you, have used to tell you that you're not good enough. That very same God, in spite of what they tell you, loves you. And yeah, he already knows about all the mistakes. That's the power of Christianity. Christianity. Being a Christian means recognizing that we are broken, that we've fallen short, that walking through those doors means admitting that we are not perfect. Being a Christian means recognizing our brokenness and then recognizing that we are repaired solely through the work of Christ, not by anything that we do, not by our perceived righteousness, but by the righteousness that he gives to us freely. That's what it means to be a Christian. It's Sunday. Sunday. This is what the church should be. Glad to have you here. Welcome. Amen.